Adam, we are farther back in time than we've ever been. My wife has just inexplicably left, and uh, World War II has just ended. <laughs> I mean, not just, but you know. Right, no, it's recently ended. So I'm trying to keep my grievances in check. Because, I'm sorry? you know, my problems are not as great as some other problems that the world is dealing with. Yeah. I see your logic there. Um, I feel like yours might be more acute. Right. At the moment. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate your concern <laughs> uh, and sticking up for me. And I'm sorry that I was upset that I was stuck with you I, uh, when we when we landed. Thank I was you. going through a bit of anguish and uh, I just want to clear the air. If I'm going to be time traveling and watching movies with anybody, it might as well be you. Thank you. Um, I fully understand why you were concerned and why you were upset. And I do not hold it against you at all. Thank you. Um, Would you like to maybe try and get closer to her? I would love to uh, get ahead a couple of decades at least. That would be nice. Um... Should we go see what films yeah, are playing? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go see what's showing. Uh, as is the case, um, the news is never good in the newspaper. I would feel like we should be in like, you know, is this not like, hey, World War II's done? Uh, well, it's, hey, World War II's done. And also, good news, we've just made it through the winter of terror. Do you oh. know what the winter of terror is? Uh, no. Uh, do you want to guess? I thought we were in 1950, not 2002. Oh! Dick would be so proud of you. Too soon? Yeah. Too early, turns out. Oh, yeah. In this case. Winter of Terror. I'm assuming it's a nuclear thing. Nope. Avalanches in the Alps. Alps. In the Alps. Avalanches in the Alps. Avalanches in the Alps recently killed uh, 240 people. Oh, I should and just laugh at that some more. Buried an additional 45,000 in Switzerland, Austria, and Italy. Wait, hold on. It killed 200, but buried 45,000 45, yeah. people? Yes. So 40. They got out. <laughs> 40, almost 45,000 people climbed out of mm-hmm. some snow. Snow. Yeah. Which is. Uh, titularly terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, here at our weird ass movie theater. Yeah. What do we, what do we got? We have Annie, get your gun. Okay. And our first Kurosawa. It's Rashomon. What is this theater? It's something for everybody. I feel like it's, this is the, I'm, this is the best movie theater I've ever seen in my life. I don't disagree, but I would I would have liked to have found it under different circumstances. Because yes. I, I think we might, it might be the only movie theater you and I could go to in, in normal life. That's true. Uh, have you seen either of these films? I haven't. Have uh, you? Uh, no. It surprises me that you've not seen Annie Get Your Gun. It does me too, because this is kind of, especially growing up, this is my sister's heyday of, of musicals. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, lots of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers yeah. and... Uh, Oh, what's the fucking baseball one? Hey. Excuse me, sir. Sorry, I didn't mean to say fucking in the 50s. Um, <laughs> Here's a penny farthing for yeah. your trouble. <laughs> We're not in England. <laughs> I don't think. Oh, are no, we? No, we? Sir, <laughs> uh, sir, are we in England? Good fucked. Chap. I will not, sir. <laughs> uh, I, but, you know, it is surprising that I've never seen Annie Get Your Gun. Uh, I, I, it may also... Surprising, it is surprising that you haven't seen Rashomon. Yeah. Uh, I am a Kurosawa fan, but um, Rashomon is, like, one of the big ones that I, yeah. is a gap. So you've seen other Kurosawas. Yeah, definitely. Kurosawa is another one of the... So I, have a, I think we've talked about, like, the handful of holes in my... Um, 
should have seen mm-hmm. um, list and Kurosawa. It just I've not this this would be my first Kurosawa. Well, I'm I'm much more drawn to Rashomon than I am Andy Get Your Gun. I am t- I I'm gonna roll some dice and assume that Andy Get Your Gun might be problematic. <laughs> uh, well, it seems likely, right? Yeah, I, I think and Kurosawa. This would be a great opportunity for me, and right. I know that you like Kurosawa, so this seems like. Uh, this is a good idea. Let's uh, attend a screening of Rashomon. One? No, I'm sorry. Two tickets for Rashomon, my good man. sake ooh, that's gonna be some sludgy sludgy <coughs> yeah oh wrong pipe <laughs> <coughs> for some reason the coffee standards have stayed 2020 i, I assume we're still we're still 2020 but like around the 2020 uh, standards so okay this is unreasonably good coffee <laughs> Weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the technology in the studio is not from the 50s, so the coffee has got to be... It must be stuck in the weird time vortex thing. Maybe. And it isn't growing a beard. No. So uh, you are, I think, probably ringing up a tab, but we'll see. I just I just assume there's some technician in the future who just is like, where the fuck does my coffee keep I going? Just I just got some. Um, Adam, I think this was my favorite thing that we have watched. Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree. Would I disagree? It's not it's, like the most fun. No, but it's it's good. It's, it's a good I think it's movie. The best thing that we it was watched. A, yeah, Rashomon is a good is a good movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. The Kurosawa Files. Uh, yeah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> oh, they have a theme song when you open uh, the drawer. Um, Wait, can you, can I can I open it again? Wah, 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 wah. That's cool. Uh, are <laughs> stacked. I, there's a lot of files. Oh, good. So if somebody actually like, I wonder if uh, do you think that like comparatively to how quote unquote important the director was, uh, all of this the files in here are stacked. Like, is there a large Kubrick, uh, probably stack and a large Spielberg stack? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is, uh, kind of early in Kurosawa's career. Oh, okay. Well, I I was going to ask when is Kurosawa active? So, uh, this is, this is an early big film of his. Um, he's only 40, um, which is, this is an interesting, like to, uh, to even say that he's only 40 in, 2020 brain would be like, yeah. Oh, he's, you know, like he's not a young man. No, I mean, but I mean, people know what Kurosawa has directed. Seven Samurai, Ikiru, Dreams. His other big one is Ran, I think. Um, I mostly know a lot of his like early lesser films. Oh, weird. (laughs) Weirdly. Um, Uh, on on purpose. No. Okay. Um, (laughs) those are just the ones that I have seen. I, I, I mean, just to, you know, on what occasion did you like, were they like, did you happen upon them? You're like, oh, I guess I'll watch this now. And it just happens to be uh, that they're in there early. There is a criterion early ah. films box that I got ages ago. Got it. And just um, weren't through that. Yep. Um, so uh, this uh, Rashomon was um, originally um, supposed to be made in 1948 um, and was like, so still post-World War II. Yeah. But like, um, just post-World War yeah, II. And then was, uh, canceled up until 1951, uh, or until 1950, I guess. Um, because the studio, the Japanese studio was like citing it as too risky and they thought it was way too confusing of a film. Um, the intro and outro. Yeah which I mean, we'll talk about how the thing is structured. Yeah. Um, weren't there originally. Originally it was just the like 
the stories. Oh, bam, bam, really? Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit like it's a little bit like uh, Ridley Scott being told to put in the narration for Blade Runner. Like, can you just yeah. make this a little more packaged for the dum dums? Right. And that's what. So the the short story that it's based on is just the middle meat section. I see. And then there's another short story called Rashomon um, that the story itself isn't really used. There's some themes, but that's then that becomes the backdrop for oh, the intro and outro. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. I, I kind of want to like, to me, uh, no, it's not. Never mind. I'm, I'm going to abandon that. I, I had a thought about it for some reason. Cause I, but I, I don't think it's exactly this because there is change, but mm-hmm. this felt like Japanese waiting for Godot. <laughs> you have brought up waiting for Godot so frequently. Yeah. Yeah weirdly because the other one was for tone for tone like yes it was nothing like this yeah, felt yeah. like uh, so part of it is that when i saw waiting for godot was in london mm-hmm. and the set reminded me of okay of the rashomon opening uh-huh. and closing and yeah. like there's a couple interstitials when they pop back out yeah but um i don't know for some reason i got the same like post-apocalyptic yeah vibe totally where, you know like where th- like there's still structures hanging around, but they're clearly damaged and yeah. um, half standing and continually being damaged by the people inside. Right. Them. <laughs> making. Yeah. Just <laughs> making fires out of the walls. Yeah. Um, I get that. Um, so uh, but, but also like the meeting of people in a singular like a place sure. being uh, the po- like the place not having any point. Like, right. Like the, the, this, you don't know where it is. It's just a place where people happen to cross paths. Yeah. Um, uh, Important uh, crew member here is uh, Kazuo Miyagawa. Okay. Uh, he's the cinematographer. Okay. Um, and um, he is best known for his tracking shots. This is a guy who did a lot of early work in that. So like, for example, the woodcutter scene. Right. This was like a, a new thing when it was like, holy shit. I was gonna say that makes a lot of sense because I... I I think I even mentioned we were crossing the street back over that like I couldn't tell if if he was a, like really good or really bad because uh-huh. there's some of this stuff that was like it feels very very amateur. Well, yeah, say what you will, it uh, good or bad, it was pioneering. That, and, and that makes more sense. The fact that that this was brand new, yeah. so like some of the, like, if all of these shots were gambles, some of them really paid off and some <laughs> didn't. Yeah, because there was a couple of them, and it's not during the woodcutter. Mm-hmm. It's much later when they're running through the forest and it's, oh, yeah. it's like a really tight medium yeah. on the and but they're tracking with the person. But the it all it reminded, reminded me of anime, honestly. Oh, sure. Like the way that the, the woods are so compressed and yep. whipping like the, the parallax is so intense that it's just whipping past them. Yeah, yeah. But he's there. The camera person was amazing. I don't know how long they did it. Right. And clearly, clearly, it, like I know how they did it. They just like they put it on a tripod and then ran in a circle around them yeah. to get the to get it to line up perfectly and stay in focus because yeah. it's a shallow depth of field, but they're just booking it. Yeah. And, but they're completely like clear. Uh, yep. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, crisp. Yep. Like the person running is crisp, but yeah. there's so much energy in those shots. Those were genius. And I don't really think I've seen that replicated. Which right. Is, yeah. Aside from like anime stuff. Besides, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Besides from an entire genre of, of animation. <laughs> yeah. Like, aping um, it. yeah. Um, and so, uh, Miyagawa, um, uh, we'll work with, uh, Kurosawa a bunch. Um, okay. he'll do Yojimbo and Ugetsu. Um, he and, uh, Kurosawa, um, for this film really focused on attempting to recreate the aesthetics of the silent film era visually. I mean, they nailed it. Yeah. Um, and uh, together um, worked on this composition where for the meat of the film, you have a triangle of characters mm-hmm. that is always like perfectly composed and like shot back and forth. You know, like the shots are either ping ponging back and forth to each other or you have this like visual triangle of the tension between the three characters in that like clearing. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, as with, and, and this is just a Kurosawa thing, like a lot, so many of these shots are like, have such a like dynamic, um, like impressionistic, like painting feel to me. Um, hmm. 
Okay. Like the, uh, that, the, the beautiful shot of when he's, uh, when the bandit is kind of like, uh, peering in on the, the, the wife. Right. Um, and like this, the perspective it, is it very tracks weird. Like really far down and she's like way below kind of by a Creek with right. the horse. Um, it, just like those things where, you know, like I out loud was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really interesting because, uh, my, my take on it was that I wanted it to be more impressionistic. Uh-huh. Um, it felt like the subject, okay, what is it? I'm totally spacing on it, but there's the Lars von Trier movie where it's a, it's like a medieval village, but it's done on a soundstage and there's nothing outside the village. Dogville. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's yep. like, and this subject matter, especially considering how much the Rashomon set f- was very clearly a set. Yeah. Um, the, all of the inner stuff uh, well, and also how like how stylistic the trial set was. Yeah. Uh, the like the further like the, it, the, the the third level inception when uh-huh. you're actually getting to the recreations. Yeah. Was very clearly not a soundstage. That was very much right in the in the wild. And yeah. I found myself going, I wanted that to be faker. Oh, interesting. Um, huh. Uh, too high le- because I, I do think you're right. Like the yeah, tri- yeah. with the triangles. Sure. Uh, uh, between the, the characters. Yeah, yeah. That's inter- that's an interesting point. With I those, get that. Yeah, specifically that shot. Like I did the shot where he's like, it's looking from the back of the, the bandit and it's yeah. looking through that like cutout in the, yep. you know, in the, in the woods where you see her down at the creek. Yeah. It is like a very hyper-realistic perspective. Yeah. Also though, a real... <laughs> perspective it just happened to be those <laughs> yes. times where, like, like reality was almost hyper yeah anyway i wanted it to be more so yeah that's interesting um and i don't know if it was i get it in contrast with the other yeah yeah when you bring up the other um yeah the set pieces of rashomon itself and then the like almost absence of a set for the court the court to me was stellar specifically because of the perspective. Yeah. Like that you, you see it, you're seeing it from the judge's perspective yeah. and you never see the judges. You never hear the judges. Right. I, and your two storytellers are just constantly in the back, just getting baked in the fucking. Sun. Yeah. But like, <laughs> and it's, it's, I, 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 they exposed for the shadow. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, it, it just looks like nothingness. Cause it's just white. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that sand is just like a rock or whatever it is. It's right. just like, burning yeah i i love that um and then also like what you're saying like them trying to reenact the silent era yep i was also thinking like a soundstage would have been appropriate for that too sure although yes. no not so much i, I take i do take that back because it would have been just post soundstage or it's just post silent when they just started introducing microphones that they would have done oh, more right, right, soundstage right. work because they were trying to limit <laughs> sound yeah, yeah um uh also uh you will, this is a film where you have a lot of Kurosawa wipes. Yeah. Um, which it was, it was like, Oh, star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay. So, uh, cast, we have, uh, Toshiro Mifune, uh, playing Tajumaru, uh, that who we will probably refer to as the bandit. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did say his name a bunch, but I, yes. Um, he's in seven samurai and Yojimbo. Okay. Uh, Machiko Kayo plays Masako, um, who we'll probably refer to as the woman or the wife. Yeah. Um, because Masako is never mentioned. Um, I was gonna say, I don't think they ever that's, said, no, it's like build as that's who the character is, but it's never mentioned in the Interesting. story. Um, uh, she is in Ugetsu. Uh, Masayuki Mori uh, plays Takahiro, uh, the husband. Yep. Um, also in Ugetsu, and one of my favorite uh, Kurosawa is the idiot. Um, <laughs> and uh, Takashi Shimura plays the woodcutter. Uh, also in Seven Samurai and Akiru. So you got just the murderer's row of so, squad. <laughs> so uh, Kurosawa frequently uses the same totally. people. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I assume that based on the, yeah, the yeah. listing all these other. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and so, yeah, we've got this period drama. Um, it is set in the 11th or 12th century. Okay. It's unclear. Yeah. Um, but somewhere around then it's not 1951. No, that's, it's really interesting because due to my European background and lack of, uh, studies of Japanese culture, um, I, I, all I could have said was before guns, 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I mean, Japan is like notably deceptive as a country for that because they're, they are still so like good at preserving history and tradition yes. that you can plop someplace in Japan and it's just like, yeah, this oh, could be the last 500 feudal Japan. Right. I, I will also <laughs> say I could make an argument that the opening scene is the future. Oh, I, you know what I mean? Totally. I would love to develop that argument because there's no, there's no indication that it has to be the past. Nope. Um, what is clear is that there's like some kind of feudal system in place. Um, just with the hierarchy of types of characters. Yes. Um, uh, but what is also interesting about that is there is a timelessness in that. Yeah. Um, that is kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I guess it does. I, if the, if the opening, if, if the Rashomon set is, is not in the, is in the future, it all has to be in the future. I just realized that that has to be because it is yes. all just happened. Um, yes, but it feels so separate. I, like, cause I, what I'm comparing this to a little bit is the grand Budapest hotel uh-huh. time. Like yeah, doing yeah, that yeah, same yeah. thing, uh, for those who either haven't seen it or didn't notice, um, the, the way that Wes Anderson shot that is every time period, the aspect ratio ratio and film stock changes mm-hmm. every time you go in a, right. a story like, like you basically like pop into a story that that pops into a story, which is what happens here. Right. Um, but this one, the aspect ratio doesn't change. Yeah. Um, uh, I mentioned that it was based on uh, two short stories, Rashomon and in a grove. Yep. Um, Did, uh, it only mentioned, I think in a grove in the credits. Yeah, I don't think it mentioned Rashomon. Um, I mean, st- again, story-wise, it has nothing to do with Rashomon. It really doesn't. Okay. Um, uh, the it, it's the same author of both of those short stories. Oh, interesting. Um, who uh, notably killed himself at thirty-five. Um, so you that know, makes. I mean, given the bleak, yeah, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Subject. Um, uh, and this film will give birth to uh, the Rashomon effect. Um, in uh, like uh, modern crime and like uh, court contexts, um, which is uh, the unreliability of witnesses. I see. Um, and uh, that is the the case here. Um, you you are given several accounts of essentially the same event, right? Um, and but then the, that, then get given absolute truth, essentially. At the end, maybe, maybe, um, because it is complicated by the fact that all of these events are being retold by two of the people who were watching the witness testimony. Right. Um, uh, one of which, uh, who is a priest, um, we are never, never quite given reason to disbelieve. Um, however, the woodcutter, we are given reason to, and in fact, he says, no, out, he, he, you know, I lied. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we are given reason to, uh, doubt. Um, anyways, uh, the main structure here is it opens on this gate, Rashomon, right? Oh, it's a gate. Yeah. I thought it was a temple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you have the woodcutter inside. You've got the priest inside um, and eventually like just burnt and it is fucking pouring. Yeah, it's like (laughs) it's it's very, very clearly fake raining. Very clearly. But like it's fine. It makes sense. Yeah. In that like uh, it's 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 so fake that it's perfect, though, where you're just like torrential. Oh, yeah. It's so fake that like you can see when they're (laughs) trying to add more because there's waves of water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so the, the two of them are, are there. And then another person who I will call the commoner. Sure. Um, uh, runs in. So there's going to be three people trying to get out of the rain. Gate. Yeah. Get, and, um, the woodcutter, um, is just kind of like, it's like mumbling, mumbling to himself that he just doesn't understand. He doesn't right. understand. He doesn't get it. Um, and so the commoner just starts breaking apart the temple and starting a fire. And he's like, what the fuck's the problem? What are you talking about? Right now? I mean, weirdly, like there's abs, there's, there's definitely some Kabuki theater influence. Like there's just like, Oh yeah. Um, well, and the silent film thing. Like if you're trying to do the silent film thing, it's going to be big. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, just large gestures at points. Um, Yeah. Even like, uh, the woodcutters, like internal, um, anguish about being in disbelief yeah. is 
just, just like hyper like melodramatic yes that's the word i was looking for no it is it's melodramatic yeah and the um the the priest is pretty mellow uh as, as a character the commoner plays big yeah um, plays very big yeah the i mean the the two of them almost seem shell-shocked like they're just completely just yes. like i don't know what i just witnessed and it's wrecking me yeah um so uh and once again, we've we have another film that is like kind of difficult to break down plot wise because mm. it's it's like you're like looking at a prism, yeah. you know, and like it, the story changes each time well, you so like, the, I mean, rotate the prism around the salient facts. So basically we see what, what happens is that they find the 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 commoner finally gets the two guys to discuss what had happened. Yes. And they then recount that they just came from a trial where there was about over a murder. Right. And the guy, I, I did like the, the whole conversation about the commoner going like people die all the time. Yes. Like this is not new. Uh-huh. And they're like, you're right. People do die all the time. What is weird is the, the testimony. They right. then, it basically like cuts to the trial. Yep. But then inside the trial, it cuts to each, whoever's uh, testifying their testimony. Correct. And so the first one is just the woodcutter. It's the woodcutter describing how he finds, uh, finds the body. Yes. That's essentially what that said. And I, we'll come back and actually talk about it. Yeah. But the salient details that are concurrent through all of the people's testimony is that a man and his wife are traveling this yep. very famous, um, uh, Oh my goodness. Bandit. Couldn't I, could not like, I was yeah. thinking bastard. It's like, that's not the right word. Bandit. <laughs> Maybe we don't know. Yeah, it could be. Um, bandit sees them basically falls instantly in love with this woman mm-hmm. because he gets a sneak peek through her veil mm-hmm. and decides and that he, tootsies. Yes. And decides <laughs> that he must have her. Yes. That's important. Mm-hmm. So then he, he attacks, uh, well, he doesn't attack. He separates them. Yes. Uh, and then ties up the, uh, husband, the husband, goes back to the, the, the woman and pretends that he's hurt mm-hmm. somehow and then proceeds to uh, rape her mm-hmm. in front of her husband. Yep. Uh, at which point, a lot of, we don't know what happens, right. the truth-wise. But that is all agreed upon. Yeah, that is, and then in some way, the husband ends up stabbed to death. Yes, that is, that's the dead body. Yeah, that's the, that's the murder. And from the very beginning, the bandit takes credit for the murder. Yes, yeah. But that's where things get like quickly begin unraveling. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, these testimonies are delivered in a court directly to the audience. Yeah. You're you're in a, like sitting in a posi- like you're clearly slightly higher up. Uh-huh. You're on like a dais, I'm assuming. Yeah. And you're looking back. And I think Nick had mentioned like whoever is testi- testifying is right in front of you yep. in front of this like small like kind of altar table thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the back right corner, like, I don't know what. 20 yards, 30 yards. Yeah. Like a ways away yeah. are the two witnesses yeah. who are just like, who are kneel, kneel sitting yeah. and just like bearing witness to this whole thing. Yep. Um, and, uh, the, you never, uh, you never even hear the judge. There are unheard questions asked, mm-hmm. but they are delivered in a line like, Oh, this right. Here's your answer. Yep. Um, uh, which, can be like for a weird like it can take me out of it yeah and this one didn't i was like great i don't know if it's because it's like an early version of this right trope yeah but i mean it very clearly is presenting you the audience as the judge yep like you figure out what happened here totally yes um and so essentially i've broken it down into like seven tales Okay. Um, one is, yes, the discovery of the body as told by the woodcutter. Woodcutter goes out to the forest. Looking he for finds wood. It, yes. <laughs> um, uh, some beautiful shots, though, immediately disorienting. Like the forest becomes this like, whoa. Yeah. You know, like. He's intercutting also with like, like twisting shots straight up of the yeah. of the trees in and the sky. Lots of just directly into the sun to yeah. get like lens flare. Lots of lens flares. Uh-huh. So the whole thing, there's lots and lots of lens, fl- uh, like but like dappled through tree lens flares. Yep. So you're getting lots of uh, like sparkly interplay. Yeah. And he finds some objects before he finds the body. Yeah. I mean, he's basically following the objects going because he finds the hat first, right? The hat first. Because she has um, this insanely like 
three foot wide. Yeah. Like um, almost veil veiled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like this huge, uh, like it looks almost like it almost, what it looks like is almost like, uh, in tropical areas where they have, um, the mosquito netting. Yeah. It looks like almost like that, but like a stylized hat version of that. Cause it's got this huge veil. Well, and as we see it. there are bugs around, uh, the, the bandit is constantly slapping. Himself. That's the thing. <laughs> Only the bandit is, do you notice it's that? It's true. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if it was a, a, a twitch. Yeah. Well, cause initially it was like, Oh, he's right. just smacking bugs. Yeah. But then he starts scratching without slapping. That's true. And I was like, is this like combine that sh- with the maniacal laughter? And it's like, this is an unstable individual, right? Is it un- instability? Yeah. Is it maybe he's got a disease? It's uh-huh. like, there's a lot, there was, I, I, it, you're right. It is. You know what I mean? Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's the veil. Um, there's like the, the, I remember what the second um, thing was the tide or, you know, like the broken ropes. Right. Um, and then there's the like rune box. He also, and then the knife, doesn't he find the knife or he sees the knife? Doesn't he see the knife? He sees the knife, but it isn't. Okay. Does not interact. He doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't get to it because when he's going towards it, he sees the body and the body, uh, you get this cool shot of these hands. I know. Um, so like camera hands and then the woodcutters freaking out. I, I I will say the only thing that kind of did take me out of this was Mm -hmm. trying to get through sensors. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. and the lack of violence, (laughs) all the violence happens off, off camera. Totally. Like it'll happen. You'll see the wind up and the attack will, will be off camera. Yeah, I, I mean, would like to have seen certainly if this was made contemporarily, whatever you would see everything in excruciating detail. And it wouldn't. I don't. I don't need the detail. It just was like it, no. There was a things like this where like uh, the body would have been fine, right? It, but also like kind of important things where like because the rape plays such a central portion, like I'm really glad that that scene is just like you see like this uncomfortable kiss yes. and then it cuts away. You know what's happened. Yeah. 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 No, I don't, you don't need, you don't need that. No. Um, I, th- I think that that, that, that played out just fine. Yeah. Um, I just, I think I thought that the, well, especially considering there was so much sword play. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Was, uh, that went on a, a little, although I <laughs> knowing enough about like how stunts are done. Yeah. This was insane. The stunts are, Oh, just dangerous. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, where it's just like a thrill to watch because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, like I don't think he's going to die, but he's, he might get like hit hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that's the first tale that we get. Um, the second tale is really, really brief and it's the priest um, right. who uh, ostensibly just says that he has, he saw this man right. and woman in the forest. It's and just like, background that they exist. Yes. But that's really like his only direct um, testimony uh, aside from the fact that uh, when he is in Rashomon telling it is likely that it is unclear, but likely who that, that both the woodcutter and the priest are telling the commoner. Yeah. What has information secondhand Um, in the trial itself, the, in the the trial itself, the priest doesn't really add a lot. No, I I mean, it does feel I mean, it, maybe it's just like background. I mean, like to me, it was just, it's a pacing thing. Like they just yeah. needed to add, why do we see this person? Sure. And they're like, well, it shouldn't be the woodcutter. Cause that would be weird. Oh, let's yeah. add a second person. Oh, that also, that person could also be telling the story and you need, you need that. You need it later for the, for the Rashomon yes. morality piece. Yeah. Um, the third story is told by basically like a police agent or potentially like a, a rogue uh, vigilante justice type who uh, tells forgot you about, about yeah. uh, the bandits capture. Right. I forgot about the bandits capture. Yeah. Um, I do. I did like it because it's basically the bandits there on a leash, <laughs> like essentially like he's tied up. Yeah. But it's not like intensely tied up and it is just, yeah, a pretty thin rope. Just holding him there. <laughs> it's just holding him there. Um, and so the, uh, this, uh, this person, person who has captured the bandit, um, talks about how he like found this guy, uh, he had fallen off of his horse. Right. It was um, sick. Yeah. And he's like, uh, the, the shot is really interesting because this is another like setting that we don't see ever it's again. Just for that scene. Yeah. yeah. There's like a bridge in the distance. There's like, it's oh, yeah. Near the water. Right. It almost looks like he's washed up on, onto the shore right. somewhere. Um, and it's also unclear, like what's wrong with him. Yeah. There's like, because he's carrying arrows, it almost looks like he's been shot. Right. With a bunch That's of what arrows. I thought he was shot. And then, but then like the arrows were, 
were all scattered behind him. Yeah, it's just like all of his shit is all over the place, right. including him. Um, and so that's kind of the third really brief story. Yeah, and in in retrospect, it felt like that was going to play more into it. Like maybe this was going to reveal like that something a detail, and that was actually going to reveal what the truth of the of the story was. Yeah. But it really didn't. It didn't. But I think it is important because it sets up. Um, this is the the agent is not knowingly lying right he is just um uh, uh inferring what he thinks happened right that ends up not being true right but you know because he's immediately laughed off legitimately by the bandit who's like i didn't fall off my horse right. you fucking asshole right i, I was sick <laughs> yeah um and so i think that that's an important thing because you have this like unintentional like unknowing lie given in testimony that's interesting just from a story perspective like just shifting the ground early so that you're already like which is then corrected foot. by somebody who is like here's what actually happened right which then you find out, nope, in some part has to be a lie. Yeah, pro- probably, like, at least part of this didn't. <laughs> right. Um, so perhaps he did fall off of his horse. And I know, liked, like, well, they also, like, because he starts with basically, like, I knew it was eventually going to get caught. Mm-hmm. And so I might as well tell you honestly what, like, you're, if, if it's not this, you're going to. Yeah, I'm it's gonna basically be like, I've had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I also like his logic. Like, if I'm innocent on this, you're going to find me guilty for a hundred of other things. So I might as well tell you what actually happened. Sure. Um, and he proceeds to tell his version of the story, the bandits version. Right. Um, where, uh, yeah, he admits to killing the husband. Yeah. Just straight up. I did it. Um, and stealing the horse and sword. Um, and, uh, notably, this is a version which, uh, glorifies the bandit. The bandit is made to, be a cool bandit (laughs) yes but then also near the end he gets like i feel like i'm trying to remember the problem is is now they're all like merging together but doesn't isn't the interplay after the rape more like he doesn't necessarily look great in it if i remember right like Uh, he's more i'm trying to remember no because this is he he after the rape he frees the guy because he wants to have a fight with a duel to yeah and so he's gonna do the honorable thing and say well fine we'll fight for her right and uh you get this like yeah fancy like swashbuckling scene yeah. and he he boasts about okay, what a valiant yeah. fight it was and he crossed swords with him 23 times and what a right. good sword fighter he was because nobody's yeah. ever fought and crossed swords with him more than 20 times um but he was the victor in this right in this fight. came out one fair and square yeah and when he and when he turned around she was gone and this is one of those fight choreographies that is like frantic it's so you know you would I, you never see something like this in in today. No, it just wouldn't be. It's not safe. No, they are winging swords across trees. Yep. And like the choreography is there too. Now we're going to shift here. Right. But one misstep in this choreography and you're getting pelted yeah. with Which, something in the sh- shoulder or, you know, <laughs> neck. It would be interesting to see. Like, I mean, I mean, I know it's 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 China. So and or Hong Kong. So it's a different it's a di- it's technically different. But like there's there's definitely some overlap in in all of the different Asian uh, oh, like the the kung fu stuff. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, I know like like Jackie Chan came from the uh, ch- the Chinese opera, yep. where they basically had massive choreography, but for live presentations. I'm assuming there's a similar Japanese uh, sure. correlation. So I'm my only hope in this scene was that these guys were just you know they were stage trained, <laughs> yeah, and they ha- would have to do it live, yeah. and so they meticulously learned the choreograph choreography, yeah, because yeah, it like. I'm trying to remember if it's this one or the next one because there's a couple of different fights. Yeah, yeah. But where they go, oh, like they're basically running up a hill and falling. Right. Like there's a bank that yes. they keep slipping and falling and like flinging swords at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's like, fuck, man. Like <laughs> there are so many variables outside of your control here. Right. Yeah. And uh, notably, and I think, I think importantly, um, the times that it is shown that the uh, husband gets killed. Yeah. It's never actually a blow, like a stroke. It is the thrown. sword like thrown. Yes, yeah, right. He throws the sword at him. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. After all of this, like hand to hand that somebody would land on their back and you'd like, huh! and I, I, mean, I don't, I, is that, I mean, they could have done it. I was trying to think if it was like, you know, like making sure that he was off camera, oh, but no, right, you could yeah. still could have done it. Yeah, totally. Anyway, um, 
Uh, but yeah, I, I really like this. Like this scene is like so tense to me. Yeah. Um, and like the thing, yeah, where you're just like kind of wincing as it's happening of like, right. You know, it's not, it's not epic and it's not like cool looking. It's you very know. swashbuckly though. Like, yeah. which is also what I like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want that. Like I really Absolutely. love well, it's believable that this is how a fight in the forest would yeah. go down between two guys that own swords. Right. It's, it felt, it, 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 you know, it felt like Errol Flynn. It felt like, you know, kind of the, yeah. the golden era Hollywood. Right. You know, just the, the Japanese version of that. Yep. And great. Glorified just enough to make the bandit story seem cooler than the the other fight between the two that you right. see um which is just as wincy but also like and believable where and i'm like brawly yeah. and like <laughs> yeah very very messy so messy uh right and so um uh that comes via the wife's testimony right um which they find she's found was found in a local temple yes that she had somehow escaped to this local temple yeah so uh they bring her in um she gives this very grief-stricken testimony she's just like wailing constantly um both in the like reenactments of what happened or not reenactments flashbacks of what happened and in In her testimony. testimony she's just like this writhing character who's just always huddled up and like on the ground and just dragging the top of her body along, um, uh, along the ground. Um, and, uh, so in her testimony, notably she admits to having killed her husband. <laughs> right. Um, right. But also but like, there's this whole, like she basically feels that, uh, she, after she's raped, she feels like she's been defiled. And so, uh, she wants, punishment from her husband yes who is just basically blankly staring at her yeah and, and she has this thing of like i can't live with the shame yeah. of knowing of, of having two men know what happened so one of you has to die right um i don't care who whoever is the victor i'll go with right um I, I, 2020 brain yeah, yeah yeah like i was like god damn it like but then it does flip with this uh, she has a moment in her testimony yes. where she does flip and becomes the powerful character that's true in the this triangle i will say it like i, I it, there was a couple times i had to remind us like oh wow right 1950 this is insanely feminist forward for totally. especially for the time yeah. and still like not bad and what i really appreciate this like Okay, as a huge Lars von Trier fan, yeah. this is exactly the type of film, like, if you look at a lot of reviews, they talk about how, like, this is an appalling film because it's so, like, anti-feminist and whatever. You know, they talk so much, you know, like, it's all Wait, just... Rashomon? Yes, they talk all about how, well, you know, they just... Everybody's just giving testimony about how rapeable this woman is. And it's like, are you not paying attention to the thematic thing of this, like, who is testifying and yeah. like the agency given to the speaker in, right <laughs> like because absolutely i think for sure that this is a feminist film yeah um, I, I i kept expecting it not to be it's brutal yeah as are lars von trier's films where right. they like acknowledge this brutality yeah and then they have this moment that is like but we're gonna like also exhibit this like rage and power that women should have right and it's and it's it's typically like the the anti-feminist part is the, is the denial of that and the yes. or the inappropriateness of that yeah response and i yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised with how progressive in many ways like how progressive the story like i can see how in 1950 or 1948 the studio would be like this is confusing because <laughs> right. it was relatively well paced for yeah. me yeah uh, i mean i still think it could have been moved quicker sure but like for a movie that's what 71 years old yeah for my brain totally yeah um and so this the wife's testimony um also ends in this like uh the complete opposite of the uh like cool swashbuckling scene yeah where you are watching these two men just like incapably attempt to do something about this situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, there's not a fight between the two of them. There's one, right? not a fight. Is but, he still tied when she kills him? Um, I can't remember if she unties him first, but he's got the eyes. That's the whole thing. Right. About this is one. He's just like, 
shamefully yeah, yeah, born yeah. into and her. she's like begging him not to. Like but hit, then, she was like, hit me, kill me, right. just stop, just don't do this. But then, yes. It's also the only one that they use the, the dagger with. Yeah. Um, and there's this this moment where her character flips, and it's the only time that you see it from in this uh, this from this like grief stricken victim to this like ah, ha, ha, you know like right. this maniacal like uh where she's like essentially taunting her uh attacker yeah and like <laughs> it's chilling to it's me chilling it also is one of the most real pieces like yeah. i've been in fights where you know like due to like you know this is like the the intensity of the argument yeah like i've had partners flip into yeah. that um, and, uh, it's terrifying and, and very real. That was a very sure. real, like, and also that was, again, I know I keep harping on this, but it's like, it was, it did not feel like an, uh, uh, an older film that felt like right. a very modern emotion for yeah. women to display in film. Yeah. And, uh, it's overwhelming to the bandit bandit Just can't, can't deal. <laughs> and then she's basically, yeah, she ends up killing the husband right. because he can't do what she's asking him to do, which is to kill her. Right. Um, <laughs> And it's just like, goddamn. Right. And then she, yeah, she uses the dagger, which yeah. every other murder happens is with the a sword. sword. Right. Um, uh, and then, uh, then we get the husband's testimony who we, uh, is not going to be easily obtained because, and I was like, dude is dead. I almost noped out at this point. I was like, <laughs> really? Come on. Right. Well, I was worried about it because yeah. there's a, there's a shitty way to do this. Yes. Um, I was anticipating like the ghastly figure of yes. The husband. Yeah. Like, uh, in like the, in, um, fuck the, uh, bourgeoisie, the char- uh, <laughs> sure. Like yeah. they had like the dead. Yeah. Yeah. And right. it like, it kind of took you out of it. Like in that, in that one, the Boonwell film was supposed to be like kind of hammy. Yeah, but there's nothing like, yeah, there like the falsicity if, was part if of you, the gag. If you actively add in a, like, visible supernatural element in here yes. everything really starts to fall in because you have you have built this premise on like the idea of logic and truth yes. and whatever um and so very clever to have the dead man's testimony be given through a medium probably the best performance of the entire fucking movie it's so good <laughs> i wanted just this woman's movie woman comes in sets up this tiny altar yeah um that looks rad. And then she starts doing almost the same sort of moves that the, the wife does where she's kind of like writhing along, yeah, you know, like but she's it's almost more, <clears throat> the, the thing that, and I don't know if this makes any sort of sense, but like the thing that blew me away is her complete disregard for, um, her hair and her yeah. clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, or like making sure that her face was seen like, right. Because she has these layers of fabric yes. that just keep on like covering her head and whipping past. <laughs> but like, it's really hard as a human to not like, just like move hair yes. out of the way. Yeah. But to be so in this trance that she doesn't, doesn't even know like that actor needs like massive kudos <laughs> for being able to do something yeah. like to, to hold those impulses at bay and yeah. to naturally look like she's just possessed. Yeah. Was stellar absolutely best performance fumiko hanma okay um i hope, I, I I hope she got some yeah. awards or, or did more i do really like the bandits performance it took mm. a while to grow on me yeah it was definitely initially dramatic yeah initially i was like oh this is a bit much and then it gets to the point where that um maniacal like laugh or whatever it became like infectious to yeah. me where i was just like oh this is this red like exaggerated D and D character who yeah. just is like tromping through the forest <laughs> looking for treasure and women. And is just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it almost doesn't matter if that person can exist or not. Exactly. And right. to a certain extent, I mean, and I'm sure this was intentional from a Kurosawa perspective, but all of the main characters are archetypes. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like they right. are like, it's the virgin. It's the, like the, the good husband, the yeah. villain. Yeah. Um, and then, but like even extending out, everybody in this is an archetype of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like I mean, the the medium is like the mystic, totally through and through. Um, and so, notably in the husband's testimony via the medium, uh, he admits to killing himself. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, and this is not only the most like 
compelling testimony to watch. Yeah. It's also, um, the most interesting, um, uh, wrench in this whole thing because you are receiving a dead man's testimony through a medium and then being retold once again through these people in the courtroom to this commoner in Rashomon. Yeah. Um, and so the levels of interpretation and like, how far do you go in your like, well, I believe this guy and I believe the medium and I believe the the dead man, you know, like, (laughs) and, and, and part of it too is like, you're, you're suddenly at a, you're the, it's the, 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 and again, it's like the Rashomon thing, uh, the Rashomon effect, but it's like, you have too many, uh, you have not enough victims and too many perpetrator, <laughs> right. or, you know, perpetrators. Yeah. Yeah. Like who, we don't know who to punish here. Right. Because literally everybody is claiming responsibility <laughs> for something that shouldn't, nobody should be claiming responsibility. Exactly. For. The, it, this is, this is a weird whodunit where everybody is saying I did it. Yeah. Uh, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, it, in this testimony, the husband ends up killing himself because it's like he, he's unable to he's defend man. his, yeah. his wife, you know, whatever. Um, and then finally we get, uh, the woodcutters version, right? Because, because you find out he actually, he actually did see stuff. He lied at the, at the, the trial, which um, adds another level of falsity uh, right. on this. Cause he, the, the, he says that he doesn't want to get involved right. in with any police matters, whatever. The so. commenter like digs it out of him. He's like, no, you were there. Weren't you? You know more. Right. Um, and, um, so he tells his version as a spectator. He's, he's really not, in any of the versions involved. No, he just watched it. Um, uh, however, um, he, he tells his version, um, and it is possible that the woodcutter killed the man and took the dagger. It is possible. Um, but it is also possible that somebody (laughs) else, like that the bandit killed him. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, it is not, it's also not confirmed that he took the dagger. It is you never heavily see it implied. In his, you never see it in his possession. And he doesn't admit to it, but he, doesn't he admit seems to guilty. It, but he, and he doesn't deny it. No. Um, just like, that's the problem with this is like, there's no <laughs> right. definitive story yeah. to like. And what is, I think the most important thing in this testimony is this beautiful shot. Like the, the most important part of all of the testimony uh, is watching the man get killed because you're seeing that's the most important information. Right. Well, that's, that's the thing that we're in, trying to decide. Yes. Who's to in blame the woodcutters version to me, what appears to be the most important is when the dagger drops into the ground yeah. and waggles a couple of times. That's the only like, you know, by now we've seen this scene happen a few times. That's the only time we've you see never that. seen that happen. Yeah. And so it, since you're seeing it from the woodcutters perspective, yes, there's like, that is a noted yep. thing for yes. for this woodcutter. <clears throat> um, I, I just we, love it. We also like, should say we because we didn't mention it, but it is mentioned multiple times that the dagger is pearl inlaid and expl- like presumably very worth a lot of money. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's those are essentially the testimonies given, right? Um, and then the woodcutters not actually being given in the court, but just told in, in right. Uh, later in Rashomon when they're yeah, to the commoner and the monk, right? Which the monk is also finding out at that point that, that he didn't, that right. his companion didn't actually <laughs> tell the truth. Right. And the, and the monk has been progressively getting more and more distressed about the, like whether he, he has faith in humanity anymore. Like essentially it's like, he's, seeing this as an example of all of life around him. And I, I question whether or not the monk, if this was the first time hearing the woodcutters version of the story or not, because right before the woodcutter starts to open up to the commoner, the monk says, stop. I can't take anymore. Like he doesn't want to be, you know, like he's already like crossed that bridge and tried to forgiven, you know, have forgiven this, this act or he's still wrestling with it. Uh, Sure. Doesn't, it doesn't change the interaction really. But, Um, but like, and the commoner basically at this point starts going like, (laughs) see, like people are evil and you just got to roll with it. Yeah. He's having a heyday with it. And then we get baby ex machina, which (laughs) I have a couple of problems sure. with the baby ex machina because uh-huh. yes, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, I I don't particularly like when 
you know, like, like what set off the baby now? Why didn't it scream when like sure. they were ripping things off the wall or, or when the like thunder crash, or right? Whatever. Like there yeah. was so many different things that, but whatever I, ha- I have to accept it. I wish that there was, I, I would like some more work to be done. And I, I also know that like f- from the, from Kara's Howard's perspective is probably like, I don't know how we get the fucking baby. The baby's just there. <laughs> Right. I don't know how to get it in naturally. Yeah. Point is, baby starts crying on the other side of this wall. On the other side of this wall, boards for him to yeah, make a fire. Yeah, and they're all like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they find this baby that's been left in shelter but abandoned. Well, the commoner goes around, and the other two are kind of slowly behind. The right, commoner like yes. runs around. The commoner runs around because the other when the other two come up, like he's just like pulling the kimono that was wrapping this baby up. Yeah, and is clearly just taking the warmth. Yeah, he's like wadding it up under his under his arm. And both the monk and the the uh, woodcutter are like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> right. He's not making an effort to calm the baby. It's no. just like, "Oh, this baby has a thing I could use." <laughs> right. And he basically, I think, what he basically says is, "These the parents clearly didn't care about this child. Why should I? Right. I could use this kimono to be, you know, to keep me warm and safe." Oh, oh, oh I I'm under the impression that he's gonna sell that kimono. Oh, or that like I, that that works too. Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking he was just going to be like, sure, it's yeah. clothing because he never puts it on. No, he just wraps um, he it just up. wraps it up. Uh, and yeah, that's, yeah. And yeah, that's that's a reasonable interpretation as well. Yeah. Regardless, he's like, I could do with this more than the baby can. The baby's yep. going to die regardless. Yep, because no one's going to uh, like. Clearly, the parents didn't care, and the woodcutter makes the inter- like. I like that the woodcutter is like. Well, the parents clearly did care about it. They left this amulet of protection, uh-huh. which because it's an interesting jump because yeah, and I. I and again, this might be just like post-Christianity album. Uh, album. My name is Adam. Post-Christianity Adam, uh, like applying frustration with religion uh-huh. to it. Yeah. But like, I do not abide well people. <laughs> like, I can't. So here's the thing. I can't imagine somebody being so blinded by their religion or their faith that they would believe that some sort of trinket would actually make a difference on whether a baby lived or not. Sure. Or whether somebody found the baby or not, yeah. like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Kurosawa was trying to like, what Kurosawa, like, I don't know what the filmmakers believe in this because I think it, to me, it taints the rest of the story a little bit, a bit. I mean, not, an, it doesn't, I shouldn't say it doesn't taint, taint the story. It doesn't taint the story. It, it's an irritation point for me. Okay. I, I think that's fair. I'm backing it off because I think that's fair because it, at any rate, it, it deflects a little bit from the like attempt at, you know, we're, we're driving into the conclusion. Right. And if you are now tasked with figuring out the morality of the people who abandoned this child, right. It's just another that's going to be like tertiary to to everything <laughs> you parsing the rest of this. Yeah. And maybe that's what I was like reacting to. Yeah. I don't know. Um, commoner runs off. He's just like, yeah, well, whatever. Well, I mean, I'm the out. commoner basically says like, fuck you all. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like this just this just doubles down on my point. People are shit. Yeah. You got to get like you got to be selfish. You got to get what yours. I was like, it's like, fuck this guy. This guy's going full and rand on us. And like, well, and and he is also like he he's he's making sure to point out as well that like at this point been like, I know that you took that dagger. Right. Like, yeah, you like, know, so he's not like, he doesn't think that these two are high and mighty. He's right. like, you are just as evil as me. Yep. You took that shit. Yeah, don't, and, don't. and also it's never, it's never said, but like the part of this, like the guilt that we are soon asked to potentially forgive or right. not is, um, not only did this person perhaps steal this dagger, uh, as the only witness, he also perhaps failed in stopping a murder. Yes, I, he, he <laughs> may not have committed murder himself, right. but he did definitely not like try to stop it. Right. Um, uh, so at any rate, he's gone with the kimono. Baby's still there. The monk picks up the baby because it's a, he's a monk. Yeah, <laughs> monks always picking up babies. I mean, like it, it felt very much like you know, even when you're losing your faith, like this is what I do. This is my role in society is to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you almost take for granted, like, well, if there's anybody here that's equipped to deal with this, it's going to be this monk. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, and the woodcutter asks, can I have, well, basically just straight almost takes it out of his arms and the the monk is like, what, what are you doing? Right. I like, he's like, you haven't you like with the implication, like, haven't you done enough? Like, right. You're, you've made me question my entire faith in humanity. Yeah. Uh, 
I've just witnessed a horrible thing. Like you've probably caused the murder of this person. I'm not sure you're a reasonable human. Yeah. What are you going to do to this baby? Yeah. Like, are you going to go drown it? Are you like, what, what, like what, what? going to sell it. Right. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was very, that was very accusatory. Totally. Um, and after seeing the commoner run off with the clothes, right. It's not, uh, unthinkable no. that the next scene would be the woodcutter running off with the baby. Right. It's just like, well, this is a yep. paycheck of some yep. kind. Yeah. And that, Fuck the world, bro. We all yeah. suck. But in fact, he says, yeah, I have seven kids. What's one more? What's one more? Um, and uh, it's, you know, he doesn't say like, I'm going to give this kid a good life no. or whatever. You know, it's never, it's never, no, but, but it I'm is going to care for this child. Yes. Um, and as that scene plays out, the rain yeah, it starts finally, to lessen, which allows him to leave, leave. with the baby. Um, the monk stops him and like basically goes like, thank you. You've like re, re restored my faith in or like begun to restore my faith in humanity. But this one action of taking care of the kid. Yeah. Which was <laughs> much more positive. Like nothing like at this point, we were just driving for a very depressing ending. Totally. And it is very Kurosawa to give you this like super bleak thing. Yeah. And then he's going to leave you with like, but maybe right. It's not all bad, (laughs) which I, I don't hate. No, I don't hate it. It it fits me. Cause I think a lot of the time I end up, if I let my mind stew on things too long, getting really, really worried about the state of humanity. Yeah. I can live in the bleakness. I don't need the like little, little glimpse. Um, But what I like about this is that it, it leaves you with just a question. It doesn't, it's, it, it's not the, the thing that I really dislike of like, you know, the musical theater. Yeah. Everything is a little box, wrapping it all up, putting a bow on top. This is basically just saying like, not everybody's bad. (laughs) Yeah. Or bad people sometimes do good things or not. Like the woodcutter is just a person. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't know. I, we should wrap it up, but yeah. like, I, I really thought this film was great. Um, uh, a notable thing that I want to mention is that, um, the average length of each shot in this film is shorter than any other of his films. That There's a lot, there's a lot of quick cutting, lots between, of quick cutting. Like I, I, you know, eyes to eyes to eyes to eyes. Yep. And then, then the, especially with the wood cutting thing, there's also those like the shots of the sky that are like yep. very jumpy and yeah. Disorienting. Um, yeah. Those disorienting and like, I thought beautiful forest scenes. Um, great. Um, in the context of like post world war two Japan, yeah. it's like despair and confusion along with like a small grain of hope. Yeah. Um, is, really remarkable to me. I mean, I can't imagine like you've just had two of your major cities completely blown off the map, like literally blown off the map. Yeah. And that the theme of, well, fuck everybody then I guess. Right. Yeah. Like I, I could very much imagine what it'd be like to just be going, I don't know where we go from here. I mean like to, not to that level, but like, I think I, I resonates with me now, like politically, where the fuck do we go from here? Yeah. Like (laughs) I don't, like we have a, like a completely blighted, separated, yeah, uh, you know, like and like morally completely split, yeah, uh, society, yeah. I, it this feels very prescient. The story feels very prescient to like today. You it know, like, oddly feels yeah. prescient as well for like does. since so the like top level theme here is that all truth is relative, right? Which is very much the like. <sighs> you know, thinking of a modern political context, like the idea that everybody surrounds themselves in with their own truth and their own world. And they are completely ignorant of, you know, somebody else's truth. Right. Um, which just, so it's certainly, it just straight out does not exist to them. Um, and, and those are incompatible with each other. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, like if you are drilling down and actually trying to find, like truth capital T (laughs) right um uh and so potentially like drilling further down like perhaps there is no truth at all and then there's like this other layer of like well then you start to question reality itself yes everything just becomes like completely unravels like if everyone yeah if everyone believes they are telling the truth right 
what is reality? Right. Um, and the so the one thing that all of these stories have in common is uh, also the theme of pride. Like mm-hmm. all of these stories, yes. despite them all um, admitting to a murder. Yes. All inflate the self. Yes. Their, <laughs> their own version definitely like has a sense of pride. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I was uh, just say the, the uh, when you say like the the only thing that these eleven all have in common is like is the dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man dies. Um, uh, I will say I have one complaint about the film, and okay. it is that I think that he's the, in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I I did not understand a word of this film. <laughs> um, uh, I thought that the music kind of detracts from 100 percent um especially in the beginning when they're showing this this bleak blown out um gate with with the rain i need to i need to study more like this era of japanese film but it felt like a western soundtrack to me well that's the thing about kurosawa scores is that they're usually like really really great Mm. and and this like to me was just like it felt like they were trying to do some Hollywood thing that didn't didn't work. It seemed it seemed incompatible. Agreed. Which maybe is intentional because you've got the you know you're adding right. the other level of incompatibility <laughs> and like trying to do the nod to the silent film era. But like it, it just I, I would have preferred it. It to, felt like it was a mistake. Yeah, I would have preferred it to be much more sparse. I would have loved a very very sparse soundtrack. Yes, um, and much much more traditionally Japanese would be lovely. Yeah, but again, like. Like two Western guys from the, from <laughs> seventy years later, maybe we shouldn't be making commentary on. You know, uh, well, you know, right after right after our country had bombed them to you know, to oblivion. Yeah, so, so. Uh, <laughs> let's do the other white guy thing and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, com- computer, did we do we do okay? One moment, processing memory quality within acceptable guidelines. Please stand by as temporal transport is initiated in three, two. One. Adam, it's my birth year, 1986. Ooh. December 6th. December 6th, 1986. Yes. Okay, cool. What? John, Van Dusen, what are you doing here? You guys, what are you doing? This concludes today's adventure. None of This Is Real is brought to you by Adam Farnsworth, Nick Rennes, and a sentient time machine. Our theme song, 21st Century Coyote, and our outro music, Pirates of the Known Dinghy, were written and performed by John Van Dusen. Visit noneofthisisreal.com for more information on the podcast. Also, follow at N-O-T-I-R pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's N-O-T-I-R-P-O-D. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Podcasts, it's radio for millennials. Our behind-the-scenes podcast, Some of This is Real, is available exclusively by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash N-O-T-I-R pod. Thank you for listening, and remember, none of this is real.